congregations go through cycles. Your church may not be growing. Your church may even be dead. So what do you do? What's the first step in trying to turn around a congregation? Our guest, Pastor Bill McClendon, will share how God has helped him in this very important process of discovery and revival. Next on Ministry in Motion. Pastor Bill McClendon, welcome to Ministry in Motion. Let's jump right in. I think this subject is one that every pastor and ministry leader would get excited about, and I am, because we're dealing with how to revive a church, how to speak to or address an issue of a dying church, or might I say a dead church. Mm. Um, Bill, if I may, you have not always been a pastor, but God called you doing something else. Tell us a little bit about that before we jump in. Yeah, in my early 20s, I became a Seventh-day Adventist. And when I became a Seventh-day Adventist, I was in the computer business. Okay. Uh, so I was a, t a software engineer, ran a software company. But even though that's what I did to uh, provide for myself, as soon as I became an Adventist, I had a heart mm. for the mission of the church. Became a part of a, a local congregation that believed in evangelism because I was a product of that. Okay. But, but the church never really seemed to grow. Mm. It just kind of hovered at the same level uh, year after year. And, you know, I just in my heart, and I think in, it beats in the heart of all new Christians, especially, you want to see God's kingdom grow. Yeah. And so that early on, I had a passion to see God's church grow and I think that's what led me into ministry. Well, I praise the Lord. You know, I have known you from afar and then a little closer, uh, working as a ministerial director, but now you're pastoring again. And I, I remember hearing how God used you in several of your pastorates. And so let's talk about it. If, if, if a pastor is at a church, they've been assigned to a church mm -hmm. that's dead or needs revival they're really having challenging issues with growing the church. Uh, I want to look at the model God has blessed you with. What, what happens? What should be done when you first go to a church like that? Yeah, it's unfortunate that too many churches are not growing. I, I believe with all my heart that this is God's church mm -hmm. and every church ought to be growing. Yes. I mean, every single church, and yet we're facing a time, in, at least in North America, where that is the exception rather than the rule. Yes. So I, I think the, the first thing that we have to do is we have to take ownership. God mm. wants his church to grow. And if it's not growing, it's not his fault. Sure. We have to kind of look within ourselves. And what I have discovered is the reason almost all churches fall into this pattern of no growth or very little growth is that they have become inwardly focused. Mm. We have taken control of the church mm. and we, we go about ministry and everything else to suit our needs, what we want. And, and pretty soon church becomes a place just where we go and uh. we worship on Sabbath and we have a great time. 
And, and the whole time we have communities out there that haven't yet heard the gospel. So yeah. I, I think the first step is to realize why we exist. Wow. It isn't just to worship. We are an evangelistic organization. That's yes. what God calls the church together for. And when we, when we realize that, then that changes everything. Yeah, so how do you walk a congregation through that, Bill? And, 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 and how do you get past the yawn factor? Well, we may have heard this before. What do you do? What have you done? <laughs> yeah, I think every church that has started was started because of mission. Yeah. You know, they had a, a, a desire to reach a community that wasn't being reached or a people group. And so all churches do that. But the problem is the longer we go from our inception, the easier it is to lose track of why we exist. And I think that that's that is incumbent upon leadership sure. to pull the local leaders together and say, why are we here? What mm. is our purpose? Mm. You know, if we're not baptizing people and if we're not making a difference in the community, then we are a waste of God's resources sure. that we have been called to win the world with the gospel of Jesus. Mm. And if we will align with that, if we will embrace that, I believe we can see what we only dream about and certainly what we see in the book of Acts yeah. when God is working. But unless we're willing to align with that, to let go of the church mm. and, and dare I say, surrender the church back to the Lord, let him lead. And when we do that, we'll realize that we have been called to reach our community for Christ. You know, I, I hear churches all the time taking months and months to go through mission and vision statements and all that. And there's nothing yes. wrong with that. But it only takes really one verse, Matthew 28, 18 and following. And then if you want to go to Acts of the Apostles, page one, right <laughs> at the beginning, yes. we're told why we exist. Hmm. And so it really comes uh, down to this isn't hard to figure out. It's just that, well, Ivan, it's easier not to do that. Wow, this almost sounds like a deconstruction. Um, and, and of course, the longer churches exist, the more institutionalized they become. Um, why do you think churches lose that original passion with mission? What have been some of the things you've heard or the reasons that churches have died? It is, it is I believe, in church planting. Okay. I think there's something very powerful about that. But unfortunately, we can't plant enough churches to replace the ones that are not growing. Sure. So we need to figure out how to revive existing churches. And I think there's a great advantage to doing that. Hmm. But I think all churches start out with this sense of mission. And unfortunately, we grow or we die. But as existing churches experience some growth and blessing, you know, once they're planted and right. they begin to get a critical mass and they've got finances and then they start building programming around them. Mm. And, and there's nothing wrong with the, the understanding that part of our mission is to disciple people. Sure. We cannot lose sight of the holistic discipling is leading people to Christ and then helping them to grow in Christ. And so I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very common process that churches, once they get to a certain size and mm. a certain comfort level, if I could say it that way, sure. then we lose sight of the people outside the church and we tend to focus only on those that are inside the church. Mm. I've never found a church that's outwardly focused, <laughs> truly outwardly focused. It's not growing. 
It's the ones that are looking inward only that tend to cease. We begin making decisions and priorities mm -hmm. and putting our resources in the wrong places. Um, how, how, do, how do you align your mission with biblical principles? Uh, or how does a church look back and say, hey, this is how we started. This is where God led us from. How do you revive that mm -hmm. or rekindle right. their, their love for their mission again? Matthew 28, mm -hmm. 19 and 20. How do you revive that? Yeah, I think, I think it's incumbent upon the leaders of the church to, well, we could call it a come to Jesus meeting. You know, mm -hmm. at every once in a while, any organization has to look at what is happening and take an assessment. You know, we don't do that very well sometimes in the church. We, we do what we've done because we've always done it, and we never stop to mm -hmm. measure, are we being effective? And so I think it's a subtle thing, but I think it is, it is what we do is we go back to that original purpose and we measure ourselves. Are we winning people for Christ? Are we making a difference in our community? Do we see the Holy Spirit at work? Yeah, Bill, hold that thought. We're going to come right back. We're talking about reviving dead churches. Stay with us. We're talking with Pastor Bill McClendon on Ministry in Motion. And Bill... We were dealing with how does a church realign itself? Um, let's dive in again. Um, you were giving us several points of going back to the mission, mm -hmm. almost a revival point, a, a point of beginnings. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's it, rediscovering our first love. Okay. You know, the, the idea is that all, you know, anyone that has really experienced the grace of God in their hearts want to share that with others. And I, th and I think churches want that. Churches want to see God's blessing. They want to come to church and see baptisms every week. Yeah. And, and we've, unfortunately, we disconnect that we are a product of the choices and priorities that we make. Mm. And so it really, growth only takes one decision. It's the power of one decision. And that says that we are going to align ourselves with what God wants for us. And if we're willing to make that commitment, then every other decision we make is, is filtered by that. We look through that lens. Will this lead people to Christ? And that, that includes programming, uh, finances, everything in the church. Sure. And, and if we're, if we're going to do something, then let's make sure it's going to contribute to the mission of the church. You know, that's very interesting. Um, as a pastor, when you come into a church that uh, is simmering, comatose, mm -hmm. um, do you throw out everything? Do you look at the ministries of the church? Um, uh, do, you, do you invest in the key ministries of the church? Or should you just start over totally? Yeah, good question. Because most churches that reach this place, unfortunately, before someone's motivated to change their health, the doctor has to have, you know, this conversation, you're going to be dead in a little while. And, and there are congregations that are in that condition, yeah. that if they continue what they've done, they're not just going to be dying or plateaued, they're going to, they're going to cease to exist. Mm. And so there's a great motivation for that. But because of that, then most of our churches have given up almost all meaningful ministry. 
We tend, we tend to do the maintenance things. What does it take to be able to keep church going for us? On Sabbath morning, we get a building and all that, and we get to the place where really meaningful ministry has been eliminated for the sake of finances. Sure. So it is necessary, I think, to reevaluate everything that we do. You know, most churches that are dying are not very big. They don't have a lot of money. And I don't right. think it takes a lot, but you have to be willing to let go of some things mm. so that you can focus on the most important things. And Give me an example of what uh, you found churches need to let go of. Well, we tend to, we tend to have a structure that mm -hmm. uh, is sometimes we put people into office that we're not even doing that ministry just because yeah. it's in a manual somewhere and, and we've had a habit of doing that. Right. I, I, again, I think this is, uh, it takes focus. Yeah. And focus is, you know, lasering in on the things that really matter. And, and unfortunately, that means that some good things yeah. might have to go for the sake of uh, recreating those ministries that are really important. One is evangelism. Sure. You know, evangelism takes money. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't think that evangelism in and of itself grows a church, but it's part of the process sure. in which a healthy church embraces mission. And so every church ought to be doing an evangelistic meeting at least once a year, once every 18 months. And once you establish that, then you begin to build a calendar that uh, mm. supports that evangelistic meeting. So uh, an evangelistic meeting, something that we have to commit to, and unfortunately, that's one of the things that we often give up because of finances. Yeah, you know, there are churches who I've heard about that prided themselves in not having an evangelistic meeting, unfortunately. And of course, uh, I'm sure they have died eventually. But, you know, every church has a DNA. Every church has its own family system and culture. Uh, how have you worked in changing the culture to have an evangelistic culture? What, what are some of the steps, some of the ideas, some of the lessons you've learned in helping churches to have an evangelistic culture? Well, it comes back to committing that we're going to grow our church. Being committed. It, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you discover, look, it's God's will mm -hmm. for our church to grow, then, it, then it's really on us to say, what, what is that going to take? What do we have to do? Gotcha. Uh, again, every church is a, pro, you know, it's, it's, its health is a condition of the choices that it makes, its priorities. And so once we, yeah. we come to that place, Ivan, where we're where we realize it's God's will for us to grow yeah. and we will commit to growth, it, it isn't rocket science. Right. You know, we've been, we've been at this church thing for 160 years or 70 years, whatever it is in our denomination. Sure. And, and the fact is we know those ingredients. It is creating an evangelistic cycle and culture in our church. It's investing in those ministries. You know, every Saturday morning is an evangelistic meeting. Every, almost every Adventist church gets people walking in off the, door, off the street sure. uh, because of television ministry or a friend or something else or just the Holy Spirit working in somebody's heart. And so if we will invest in a good welcome ministry, sure. uh, worship, while I don't believe it's the most important thing, mm -hmm. it has to leave people in, uh, you know, feeling that they've been in the presence of God, they've been challenged, and they want to return. You know, you know, just these common sense 
mm. approaches. I draw a circle from the parking lot mm -hmm. into my foyer, into the sanctuary, and back out. That's the loop that most first-time people will come to your church. So and true. so you only have about 50 to 75 minutes to, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to really work in a person's heart. And so we focus on those ministries first and foremost. A good welcome, a good worship service, and you know we're gonna be evangelistic in everything that we do. You know, there are some churches who still place people in the front of the church who don't have the gift of hospitality. Um, and that's an issue mm -hmm. <laughs> because people do make a decision quickly whether they're going to return to your congregation or not. Um, you know, as a pastor evangelist, you know, there's another model where the evangelist comes in and the pastor works mm -hmm. with the evangelist. But as a pastor evangelist, uh, I know you've had a rich, rich journey in helping people to be engaged in the ministry. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about what you've learned to be some inhibitors of growth. Uh, this is a very relevant topic. Uh, we have Pastor Bill McClendon. We'll be right back on Ministry in Motion. We're dealing with a very real issue on Ministry in Motion with Pastor Bill McClendon. And Pastor McClendon, the issue is reviving or helping a dead church or a church that needs reviving to come back to life. Um, the good news, Ivan, is that's not a problem for God. Ah, you know, he can resurrect anything. I love that. I love that. Let's go back to impacting a church to become an evangelistic center, uh, almost a culture of mm -hmm. evangelism. What are, what are some of the things you found in walking a church through that process? Well, first off, I am an absolute believer that you have to have uh, a, an evangelistic um, meeting every so often. It's sure. a reaping meeting. Yes. We, we talk about building a culture of evangelism, but we don't do it very well. We still look at an ev evangelism as an event. Mm. But, you know, as a pastor, we realize that if everything else isn't evangelistic, it doesn't do any good. So I, I, I use this term evangelizing ministry in the church, mm. um, that everything that we do should serve our purpose. Okay. We, we talked about our purpose is mission, mm -hmm. and therefore every ministry in the church has to be missional. And so that means greeting has to have in mind uh, of connecting with first-time visitors and welcoming them into the church, that wow. worship has to be an environment that while it speaks and it ministers to our church members, mm -hmm. it still is not going to leave behind those people that are there for the first time. Sure. And hospitality and Sabbath school and everything. Every ministry in the church has to have in mind that it is there to lead people to Christ. It's a living organism, as Paul talks about, the body, the church. And um, so all parts have to be living, and that's what I hear you saying. Um, because if they're not working in concert together, uh, it will cause some issues. So, you know, as you develop this culture, 
Has it changed people? Has that been your experience? Sure. That people finally get the aha moment. This is what it's about. Yeah. What, what have you experienced what, with that? My observation is that we do, we do evangelism well. We mm -hmm. know how to do it. Sure. We've done it so long, you know, we've organized, we put our friendliest people out front. Sure. We know what to say, we know what not to say. Um, but sometimes we don't do church with that same intentionality. Mm. We've done worship for so long, we put very little planning and effort and sure. intentionality into it. But we see, and I think the, the solution here is to recognize that every Saturday morning we are doing evangelism. So the greeters need to understand that. The people in the church need to understand that, what we do in worship and everything. And, and that changes the whole mentality of people as they're there on Sabbath morning. There is an wow. air of expectation that God is at work and that the Holy Spirit is moving. And when people are looking for God, they mm -hmm. find him. They mm. see him at work. Wow. Sounds like an old song, something as good is going to happen. This day, I believe that when Jesus of Nazareth comes by, and so that that's that's exciting. Do you find that um, a winning evangelistic culture impacts people who may be on the sideline, who may be skeptical, who may not be moved to be engaged? Um, I'm sure not everybody has followed in the culture that God has blessed you to set in your churches a hundred percent. How do you it's, move the sideline people it's, into the action of ministry? It's close. It's Ivan, close. I, I, it's close to 100% because I, wow. I, I think that people want to see a church that's growing. They want to be in a place where God is at work. They want to see miracles. Yeah. They want to see people healed. They want to see families come together. Who, who minds having a baptism every Sabbath when you go to church? Right. I mean, people want that. Sure. And, and I think that a lot of people don't know how to get there. But once you once you really redirect the church that this is what we're about and we start working towards that, there are very few people that will complain about that. And, mm. and if they do, there's always churches down the street they can go to. <laughs> so what are those small inhibitors to maybe the one percent or two percent? What have you found those inhibitors to be to a church growing? You know, it's interesting that um, in every church, we know there are things that are probably inhibitors to grow, be it the facility, the parking lot, the yeah. way we maintain our building, or even things that we do in ministry. Or, as you referred to earlier, putting the wrong people sure. in, in the wrong place. Sure. Um, what I have learned is that church growth and reviving a church isn't one thing. It is a lot of things. It's turning a lot of different knobs. And we need to understand that every time we come across one of those inhibitors to growth, because I think we all know what they are, yeah. but we avoid confrontation. We avoid conflict. And so we give up a lot. Mm. And every decision has some sort of an outcome. Either it's going to move us closer to our mission or it's going to take it away. Yeah. And we cannot afford. This is, this is God's church. This is the remnant church. This is, mm -hmm. this is leading people to make a decision for Christ. And we need to be about everything that we can. And so sometimes that means making tough decisions. Yeah. Sometimes it means going to a greeter and saying, you know, this is not your gift. 
But there are other things that you can do in the church that will give you the fulfillment that you want. But I find too often, especially mm. in unhealthy churches, we don't make those tough decisions. Bill, I hear your passion. Um, does evangelism cause you to work hard? <laughs> uh, somebody has spelled church growth, uh, you know, hard work, and it mm. is. Uh, mm. It is easier to coast yeah. than to put your paddles in the water and really strive to do something. I think that, um, you know, God blesses hard work. The fact is not all of us are incredibly talented, gifted sure. in that. But I believe that when we are willing to work hard, God shows up. Mm. God wants us to be partners in growing his church, and he will make up the difference if we will commit to it. Praise the Lord. In this last minute of our broadcast, what is one thing you could share with our ministry leaders, our pastors, um, about this whole area of helping churches to grow again? Don't be satisfied with the status quo. Mm. You know, if, if your church is growing, praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, keep it going. But if I, I'm shocked at the number of people that will come and visit my church or will talk to me and they'll just say, my church is dead. As a, as a matter of fact, and, and, and they may be a leader, and it's almost like they've accepted it. And mm. I don't believe that's God's will. Yeah. I think that we are stewards mm. of God's church, and God's church deserves our best. And, wow. and the, so I think it really comes down to commit to do everything that we can to move our church forward, to reach people. Every, every church is mm -hmm. surrounded by people that don't yeah. know Jesus. And we are there to reach them. And just to say, well, we tried hard mm -hmm. or we tried things and it didn't work is not acceptable. Bill, thank you so much for sharing your story. Let's sum up the important points for turning churches around. First, you must rediscover your biblical purpose and then align with that biblical purpose and then invest in the key ministries of the church, commit to an evangelistic culture, address the things that, yes, inhibits growth, be passionate and work hard. This is the key message for you if your church is dying. Thanks for watching Ministry in Motion.